Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who is our light and our life and our love, dear fellow redeemed. What do you imagine when you think of the good life? Do you imagine the good life to be a nice, warm, fuzzy Christmas where the family is all together, you've got a roof over your head, and you've got lots of presents under the tree? In a study on the religious lives of American youth, you wouldn't be that far off from what many young college-age students are thinking. In numerous and hundreds of interviews, a sociologist named Christian Smith asked teenagers and then later in life these same people when they're in their 20s what they saw as the goal of life. And as they went through various questions about God and faith, religion, this question about the good life seemed to mean something important to them, that basically the goal of becoming an adult is to find the good life, which they pictured as a middle-class lifestyle, a nice house, reliable vehicles, and maybe a few nice toys and fancy tools. They also saw the educational system they were in if they're going to college and in the university to be a means to get there. So one young man put it this way. What matters is getting the credits, earning the diploma, and becoming a certified as a college-educated person so that one can get a better job, earn more money, and become a good salary earner and supporter of a material, comfortable, and secure life. Many people do view life this way, that life is about the circumstances we're living in. In fact, we, we define life that way in many, many of our sentences and ways we talk with each other, that life has to do with how things are going around us, what our circumstances are, what we have, and as these young people would say, how comfortable are we? Tonight we're dealing with one of the major themes of the Gospel of John, which is life. How the divine word which powered creation has come into our world in Jesus Christ. And in him, John says, is life. As Jesus is dealing with these questions, what does he say life is? And what does he picture as the good life? When John preaches this gospel, he makes it quite clear why he's doing it. In the very last chapter, chapter 20 of John's gospel, he comes to a summary sentence in which he tells us why he's writing this gospel. He says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. In fact, he goes on to say, If I were to write down everything Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain all that he is and all that he signifies. But I've chosen these. I've chosen to record these particular events in Jesus' life, really just a few of them when you compare them to the other Gospels. John just chooses a few. So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, 
you may have life in his name. So John says very clearly at the end that the goal of his gospel is so that you may have life. And you find this word coming up throughout the gospel. Jesus teaching about life. The disciples wondering what life is. When he's praying to his Father in heaven, he's praying that the hour has come for him to die. And he says that he should, the Father should protect the, those who have been given into Jesus' care. So that they may believe and know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. And by knowing that and believing that, have eternal life. God has given authority to Jesus to give life. So the goal of Christianity, if you're going to call it a religion, the main thing that Jesus is teaching us for all of his followers is to live, to have life. But what is that life all about? I once met a a man named Zoe, and I was kind of struck by this name, And getting to talk, it sounded like he had changed his name from birth along with changing his gender. So this man's name was Zoe. I asked him whether he knew where that word Zoe came from because it's actually a Greek word that comes from the Bible. You find it in the Bible and it's the Greek word which Jesus uses here to say life. It's the word Jesus uses to speak of the life he's bringing into the world. It's not just like physical life. It's not just biological life. It's something more. I'll come back to that in a minute. But we find it right away in the beginning. In him, chapter 1, verse 4, was life. And the life was the light of men. Now, If we are going to characterize the life as having a comfortable middle-class lifestyle, having a safe, secure surrounding, having your family together and everybody's happy, having a good career, a house, what would be the opposite of that? Most of these people would probably also agree that the opposite of the good life would be a bad life. And in a bad life, you can think of basically anything that would make you uncomfortable. A bad life is a life where someone feels bad. We could imagine the loss of a career, a house that is in debt and worn down, a marriage that ends in divorce, health that is in constant problems every day. A bad life would not feel good. It would feel something more like anger or depression or anxiety or sorrow. And if we're going to characterize good life by having comfort, then we can imagine all the ways that we could have a bad life. In chapter 5 of John, Jesus makes it quite clear that he's not talking about this kind of life. Excuse me, in chapter 12, we read that earlier that Jesus says, after the Greeks come to him looking to meet with him, 
He says his time has come to be glorified and he must die. Now, do you think Jesus had a comfortable life? When you think about the good life, would that characterize Jesus' life? And yet, John begins by saying, in him was Zoe, life. Instead, Jesus says, whoever loves his life, whoever loves his life will lose it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. So life for Jesus is intertwined into something beyond circumstance, beyond the things we have or how comfortable we are in this world, beyond even health itself. That your health and your body can be fading away in disease and Jesus can still say to you, you have life. Believe in me. He talks about this in chapter 5 as a mixture of a life that's beginning for you now and a life that never ends. He says, The Father has sent the Son into the world, and the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. And then he says in verse 25, Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. When you think back to where life comes from, life doesn't come from us. Life isn't something we can get. It's not something we can be educated toward. It's not something we can accomplish or keep in our power. Instead, life comes and it goes. When God created Adam, he breathed into him the breath of life. And that is the word at the very beginning, creating life. In him was life means that in God is the only place where life can be found. And that life is given out from God to you. So none of us can claim to have birthed ourselves into this world. Our birth is a gift. Our life is a gift. Our breath is a gift. It means that Jesus wants us to realize all life, even physical life, is a gift. And a gift can only be received. Now, a gift can be corrupted. It can be rejected. It can be destroyed. Just as life can be corrupted and rejected and destroyed. A person can take his own life. A person can take another one's life. And we can take life, but we can't give life. So God warned Adam not to take from the tree of the knowledge of good and bad, because if he will, he will become able to experience good and bad. And when Adam took from the tree, he experienced God's goodness, which he couldn't find in himself, 
and all badness, which he experienced in the world and in himself, which means that life never goes the way that we think it's going to go when we're maybe 20 years old. When we think about the good life, it doesn't, it doesn't turn out the way we imagine. We don't imagine ourselves getting cancer. We don't imagine ourselves losing a job. We don't imagine ourselves being unhappy with who we turned out to be or how life turned out or how marriage turned out. But the bad life doesn't mean that the life that Jesus is giving is any less good. Jesus is saying that those who hear his voice and who believe in his voice, he will give the gift of a life that never ends. He says that the hour is coming and is already here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live which means it's already here in Jesus. People are already coming to life. And even though outwardly we can be perishing, inwardly we are being made alive. Jesus is telling us that the religion that he is giving to us is far beyond circumstances. It includes the life you're given at your birth, but it's also the life you're given in your heart. A life that lives beyond the grave because life won't always be pleasant. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have prevailed over the world and all its troubles. When I meet someone like Zoe, I wonder what kind of life has he lived? Has it been a good life or a bad life? Has life been kind to Zoe? Has life been cruel? How has life shaped his view of God? Well, if life is merely the combination of a good career, a marriage, a family, a settled down environment where we're financially content, then Zoe probably feels like this has not been a good life. But that's why all the more we need to bring others to the life that Jesus gives. The life Jesus brings is not going to be affected by the circumstances, by the sins that infect this world. In fact, his life is going to take away those sins. It's going to take away that suffering. It's going to take away that trouble that leaves us so uncertain and shaken. He's going to take it to the cross. And he says the cross is where he's like a grain of seed that falls into the earth and it must die. But by him taking all of us into his care and dying on the cross, he gives birth to a new life in his resurrection. And he's giving that life to you already. A life that lasts beyond the grave. A life that Bill Harris is already experiencing. And in his fullness, he will at the last day. For God so loved the world that who, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal 
life. Amen.